Scotty, I suck. Scotty, I suck. Because I did not prepare a brand new opera for you today. But that's okay, Barky. The failure dog will fill in, won't he or she? I don't know. I'm sorry for misgendering your dog. Please excuse me. Hello, Scotty. Hello, John. Well, it's your... um. Your lack, yes. your lack of preparation doesn't doesn't surprise me, and 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 actually talking about preparation and everything, I do. You know, obviously we have spoken a few times about Captionista from Mark Palmer over the uh, the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Well, I don't know if you noticed his tweet this week, where um, oh, um, it, was, it was artful. He uh, he did some Captionista for a little bit of last week's show to to add some. Um, uh, subtitles for for Barky, um, the failure dog. Um, <laughs> my only problem yeah. with it, he is he agreed with your interpretation of the barking and not my interpretation of the barking. Um, but uh, we'll put a link to that now. But uh, the main reason I want to point out is that means that uh, Mark Palmer put far more effort into last week's show than anybody else, including us. So. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. I know. I had to say it's like it, it was honestly it was the it was the best representation of the show possible. I mean, it's like you could listen to that one little snippet and, and really have captured the essence of this show in a mere you know whatever twenty five seconds or so. <laughs> How sad is that? Maybe maybe there is um, a money making opportunity for someone out there to do a thirty second summary of the show and sell it to the scheduled listener of the week to listen to instead, so they could, if asked honestly sort of give a synopsis of the show without having had to have listened to it that's not a bad business opportunity and in fact as we've you know oftentimes said when you're an indie you have to have side gigs of one sort or another so i I can think of worse i mean i sold my soul as a consultant uh when i was working on memory minor so you know i think that they're there this this is no dirtier than that there we are there we are consultants it is all around Well, other than uh, other other than having um, you know a scheduled listener um, agree with you by putting captions on a video, which is just men my friendship with him has ended. Um, <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Well, first of all, things uh, Park Malmer. Two things: you're always my friend, and the payment will be in the mail. Um, and secondly, uh, I actually. I have had some success today, and, and it's it's again. I have to speak vaguely of it, but I will anyway because I think it's important. Um, so I am working on a a cross functional project that you know people from every every client team in the company are working on, um, and so we have to implement a series of features that are similar ish on every platform, um, and. I have learned over the years that it's very, very important to wave the flag early on for the differences between mobile devices and other types of devices uh, in just the same way that people work on web and people work on TV or work on other types of devices have to do. And, you know, they all have their idiosyncrasies. And so while it's easy to come up with a design that, you know, more or less pleasantly adapts to the different screen sizes, the actual interaction from screen to screen to screen um, is different necessarily. And the expectations that people have with mobile devices, particularly with gesture recognizers and things actually animating and flowing beautifully, you have very high production standards and therefore very high expectations. And I just, it, 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 it bothers me like 
nails on a chalkboard to see things that are are kind of half-assed. And believe me, you know, I've had half-assed things over the years all the time. You know, in the early days, I simply didn't have the skills. And in more recent times, you know, where I may have had the skills, but maybe didn't have the time or or didn't have the design support. Um, But I think that when you have uh, design support and skills and time, you, you know, you should be able to implement things well. Um, and so one of the things that, that I was working on this week is, you know, basically showing people saying, Hey, you know, there's a big difference between what something looks like as a flow layout on Figma, which is a great tool rip, um, uh, and how it actually feels when you, you implement it. And so I'm always a big proponent of saying, even if you have to use mock data, get something actually operational as soon as possible, because then some things will become blindingly clear that simply cannot be seen in, in just a 2D diagram. So that's what I've been working on the last couple of days. And then the specific thing that I've been working on uh, is... Uh, the use of, of one-time passcodes, and I, I think everybody's used it, anybody who's turned on two-factor authentication for some type of service, you know, you, you have to get a, a passcode that is either auto-generated from some tool like Google Authenticator or sent to you via SMS or, or email or, or phone call, or whatever. But, you know, the preferred path usually is, is SMS, and if that's the case, if you take a couple of steps, you make your life easy, make the life of your user much easier in that um, I learned this. I, I always wondered how it worked. Now I know, and I can tell you, uh, is that all you have to do is make sure that you you set a property on your UI text field, um, and I forgot what it is uh, right now, but <laughs> I've added in the show notes the link to it. But basically, it's just a little property that indicates this is a passcode. And if the message in in your SMS has the magic key keyword passcode or code, it will then automatically for you uh, produce a little accessory view on top of the keyboard, which allows the user to tap on it and auto-fill the, 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 the field. And it's just like a small thing to do. Um, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, but it makes all the difference in the world. But keyboards on phones can be very, very tricky because you may have noticed that, you know, iPad has a keyboard, a key entry for dismissing the keyboard. Um, and no such thing exists for the iPhone. So one always has to make the decision, should I show the keyboard automatically or not? And the decision on whether to do it usually depends on what gets obscured if the keyboard is shown. And this particular design I'm working on, um, there are, are kind of critical actions that exist that would be hidden underneath the, the, the keyboard if it was shown automatically. And... Uh, if you are doing forms, you know, where you also want to, you know, respect preferred content size, you, you, you run to the problem very, very quickly where if it's, you know, the designers are always thinking, how can I craft it to, to make sure it works on the smallest devices with the most expensive language? And they kind of come up with a design saying, this should work. And I've checked with the Loke team uh, and it should work. But, you know, it's hard enough to make anything work when you have full screen. When you have the keyboard, you're effectively losing about half the screen. And, I, you know, it's very, very important if you are an engineer, UI engineer, to bring all these things up to people so that you can have some agreement about how the flow should work. In this particular case, I'm basically, you know, undoing, you know, redoing something that, that somebody uh, had, had done and, and you know, redoing the choice of automatically showing the keyboard because it's just a terrible experience. So that's what I've been working on. Can't show the, the things, but uh, that's generic enough that I, I should not get uh, thrown into jail. Well, I hope you don't get thrown into jail, John, although, you know, we could have John's prison diaries um, <laughs> segment to the show. I, I, 
how much better would my excuse for not shipping be than these other people? <laughs> I mean, for, for, for you, for, for most people, it's like, well, I met Scotty in the East Bollockshire pub and I ended up face down in a wheat field the next morning. That sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> there we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's this, this uh, you know, uh, we do sort of sometimes assume that devices are the same and the experience is the same. And yet, you know, there are... And some of this hangs over from when there was this assumption, you know, back in the day that everything was one screen size. Now we also have multiple screen sizes. We have different devices and, you know, even different types of the same device now. So, yeah, it's this uh, making the experience good on all of them, um, you know, sometimes requires that the experience must also be different on some of them. Yeah. And the last thing I will say is, is you know, this is a reminder for all the younger folks listening is that, uh, the amount of code I've had to write to to, to deal with this issue is, is pretty damn small. Um, <laughs> but the amount of time I've had to explain the problem and prepare demo videos and to talk about it in meetings and so on and so forth. And and I will, you know, somebody will say, it's like, oh, that's because you're working, you know, I have, there's some pretty damn smart people that, that work at Netflix, very experienced designers, uh, but we are moving fast, you know, from time to time, like super fast. And this is one of those times, but it doesn't matter. And it's like, you know, to, I, I've, I've absolutely come to understand uh, that just because something is very clear in your mind, because you live it and breathe it, it does not mean it's clear in somebody else's mind who may be, you know, up to their, their eyeballs in the vagaries of, of dealing with multiple tabs in a browser or, you know, the, 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 the very limited interactions you can do with a standard TV remote and so on and so forth. So everybody has their expertise and can't be arrogant about it. You just have to basically explain that just because, you know, you know your knowledge and your expertise comes from the fact that you are steeped in something and uh, you cannot you cannot assume that other people have that, and you you have to be pleasant about how you present it, and not say, "Well, you should know this." No, nope. <laughs> no more than 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 you as a mobile developer should necessarily understand the vagaries of somebody else's you know whatever uh, daily daily efforts. So that's my reminder that uh, success as an engineer is, is as much about communication and and planning and design thinking as it is about code. The code is almost always the least difficult part of the problem. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yep. Well, Scotty, tell me about your, your successes and travails. Well, remember last week I was speaking about how when you are dealing with client apps that are designed to be individual apps and you introduce syncing, you can get certain, certain issues. Ah, yes. And so I said about how we were going to introduce a back end uh, of some form to assist in the syncing process, but didn't actually contain any of the user's data other than maybe some ID keys. We were mainly in the explanation of last week, if you want to go back and listen, dealing with about making sure that only one client triggered um, uh, the generation of repeat or recurring transactions um, so that you didn't have them, you know, being generated on multiple clients and then syncing and ended up with lots of them around. But this whole exploring, the, you know, doing something with a back end um, sort of is led on a little bit that we're doing. If we were, once we introduce this concept of a back end, we're going to use it for some more stuff now probably. So right now we have a number of things where MoneyWell will download a file from our web server uh, to check things out. A good example of that might be is MoneyWell supports an old-style U.S. banking thing called um, 
Direct Connect. It is only in the US and it's being phased out in the US, but it is, yeah, when Moneywell was first released, it's the core way of allowing an app to connect to a bank account um, and download transactions. And this is an XML based um, uh, implementation. And every bank's implementation is a little bit different uh, and um, can have some certain foibles. And so basically, you know, with Moneywell, we we keep a um, uh, a file, an XML file that uh, uh, contains the information on uh, these banks direct connect thing, and Moneywell will download it. You know, whenever it changes, and use that to help you set up a connection to your bank within it. Um, and you know, that's fine. And you know, the the trouble is, you know, we. Direct connection is a complete pain in the backside. And what normally happens is we get a whole bunch of support requests saying, you know, my, you know, uh, Bank of America connection is no longer working. We'll do a bit of research. We'll find the Bank of America have changed something in their direct connect and we have to update that XML file and everyone downloads it. It all starts working again. Um, but, you know, it's as easy as that is. You know, we have to keep that file somewhere. Um, and, uh Basically, we have to regenerate that file all the time um, whenever one thing changes. So one of the things is we're going to use the back end for that now as well. So we can check out, you know, we can just maintain a a back end database of all these connections. And when we change them, they'll all get updated and stuff like that. So it's really, it's opened a bunch of doors for us. And so we've been looking at um, some back ends again and we've gone probably gone back for one that we were trying to use a couple of years ago when we were trying no, no, to hold, use hold it as the Scotty, whole back. I hate to interrupt your flow, but I would like to know whose backends have you been looking at recently? I'm just curious. Yeah, I've been looking at loads of backends, John, okay. lots of backends. Uh, and so, John, we're going back to the blast from the past, and we're going to be using PARS as our backend again. Oh, really? Yeah, we are. I thought that they disappeared. No, PARS is an open source project um, that ah, is right, still yeah, yeah. reasonably well-maintained. And there are a number of hosting companies that will host PARS for you. Um, Because one of our key issues here is, um, and one of the reasons that drew us away from running our own backend for, you know, doing our own um, sync implementation on the backend, is we don't want to be responsible for servers. We don't even want to be responsible for a server running our website. We're trying to clear all responsibility for us running Linux or some backend server out of our life. Um, so everything is going to go into hosted solutions. So, um, yeah, we're looking at that. But then we so then initially downloaded the client SDK for PARS again. And, um, you know, the client SDK for PARS now has a minimum um, uh, Mac OS requirement of 10.15, which I think was Catalina. And we are desperately trying to support for at least our initial syncing 10.13. Now, one of the reasons for this is um, we're trying to re- remember when we're adding syncing, we're trying to re-implement something that used to work for our customers and then stopped working. Stopped working way before we owned the product, but there we are. And between 13 and 15, there was quite a lot of devices that disappeared off of the uh, support for Mac OS. And we, you know, as we said along, we'd like to get a version out that syncs that goes back as far as possible. The moment that version is out, we're going to move on to the next release where we will probably be quite aggressive in saying, now you need 1016, 10, you know, Mac OS Venture, whatever it might be. But we want to get the first release out 
at um, as is old as possible, just so that we can say to all our existing customers, here you are, you've got your syncing back. If that's where you want to stay, now you're happy. If you want to come forward with us, you might need to upgrade your operating system. You might need to start paying for an upgrade, whatever it might be. But for all existing customers, we fixed the issues you had when we took over, um, and now we're moving on. So, um, But the nice thing about the hosted you know, pass supports backend scripting uh, in, in JavaScript, so um, basically just written a few very simple JavaScript functions on the back end, which can now be accessed via a REST API. And so therefore we don't have to worry about that requirement and we can support back uh, to where we like. But at the same time, the tools that we're, you know, the, the, the sort of thrown together tools that we're going to use to maintain that data on the back end, we can use the SDK and have to worry about all that stuff and everything. And I have to say, um, you know, for that type of thing, small amounts of data, writing small scripts to create a simple backend API, um, just get data back in JSON format. Pars is still pretty good. Yeah, I have to say, I, I actually remember I, I did a couple of uh, projects with it, and I found it yes, very very easy to use. And uh, I don't know, I was like, every now and then, I, I wonder what the state of the state. What is the simplest mechanism you can to get a bare bones, you know, set of services up and running. And I don't, I don't know where I found out about it, but there's something called pocket base, which I kind of bookmarked and had half a look at it and has a little demo. And it basically, I, I just, by looking at the name, I figured that it should be something that you can deploy an old iPhone somewhere in the cloud, just plug it in and just have enough power and enough storage space. Because, you know, I, I, I did get a new phone and I ended up getting the, the terabyte of storage. And I'm thinking, fuck, that is like, you know, it's an expensive-ish device. Um, but so, so wait, 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 you've bought an iPhone 14 Pro with one terabyte of storage. Yes. Wow, that's a lot of storage I, on a phone. It it is a lot of storage for a phone until you start doing a lot of video, and I do a lot of video. <clears throat> Um, and so that's why I did it. So don't judge me. But even even with too late, with, you're because, judged. <laughs> you've oh my been God, judged so and, and found. I don't know whatever. Found gluttonous. Yes, gluttonous. Yeah. John the so, Glutton. But, there we are. There's the title, Sam. Gluttonous John and his no, one no, terabyte no, no, no. of self indulgent Sam, do not. Sam, who are you going to listen to? The person that signs your paycheck or the person thousands of miles away just has a big mouth? The title for this episode is Scotty Looks at Backsides. Um, <laughs> anyway, or oh, back end, sorry. Um, so, uh, I, I just I like wonder about that. It's like you know how <laughs> it's so dumb. But how much in, how many concurrent users do you think you could serve with a single modern phone plugged in with the cheapest reasonable unlimited data plan? <laughs> you could like shove it outside your window and say, "Look, I brought up a back end. It's reliable as anything else. I have two of them. I can load balance. I can just you know restart them every now and then." And the reason we will why have I to reconsider that, is, that approach, and maybe we'll put it on this old iPhone eight. I've got sat on my desk. Seriously, seriously, and so uh, because I had occasion to to you know the foul child is it needs a new computer and 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 you know uh, the options for him. You know, you, again, it's like you can have a, a half a half a half a terabyte of memory on solid state drive, and I 
I in my Instagram feed this morning popped up something which showed a picture of the world's first hard drive, disk drive, which is a five megabyte storage that was loaded through the cargo door of a plane. It was fucking huge, you know. Um, and so I sent that to the foul child. It's like you have you have many of these now in your pocket. So do not complain and tell tell me that the world does not progress in some fashion. It does. And yeah, I remember we... uh, being at a training company. This was way back, being, you know, in in you know the early two thousands, and they just had this like room of old stuff, and just on this desk were some old eight inch floppy drives, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, their capacity was five hundred and twelve bytes. Yep, and it was yeah, a wondrous thing. Yeah, you couldn't even. Yeah, that's that's not even a JSON payload for logging into something these days. <laughs> that's true. Now, while you were while you were talking, I realized that I neglected to interrupt you and go, Scotty, 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 Scotty. And so I have to do that now. So this is the Scotty, Scotty, Scotty section. You ready? Scotty, 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 Scotty. I'm so rude. I'm so rude. I'm so terrible. I did not, uh, did not, you know, maintain social grace and forgot to ask you how your app store submission went because you were very kind and you asked me immediately how my you know experience getting my laptop repaired and I was so rude and uncaring and I want to let you know that I along with the other listeners here are here for you today in your your time of post app store submission need how did it turn out <laughs> I just I can't remember <laughs> I cannot I cannot remember <laughs> how far through this episode we were when we last spoke but um it was it was interesting. So basically what happened is we'd submitted an app to the App Store and I realized that it had gone out with the wrong icon on it. It had gone out with the beta icon on it, not the mm-hmm. not the shipping icon on it. And so basically had to go through this whole process of redoing the build, going through the um you know, um uh, or the test frameworks and everything that we have to do to make the build scripts run, um, and the continuous integration stuff, and eventually submitted another build to apple probably about six or seven hours after the first one had gone up it then did its normal sitting in the um uh sitting in the queue for review for possibly about 10 hours so we were now sort of like you know 18 hours or so into the into the wrong icon being up there and then it went into review and it was rejected um, oh no and it was rejected for something that it should have been rejected for the first time, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, this rejection was for a feature that, in all fairness, Apple had said your app must have and must have by the end of June um, and hadn't been put in there. So now, because it had been flagged, the only way we were going to get um, uh, this app through was if, we went back with that feature in it. So now we couldn't just do another build. We had to develop a feature (laughs) and get it in and ship it back. So that turned into a, a very long day where, um, uh, eventually, uh, added this. It wasn't, fortunately it wasn't a huge feature and, um, it could be done. So, but basically, you know, it, um, it turned into one of these, like, uh, work through the night and about 5am make another submission um and then go and crash out uh and then fortunately uh about 10 hours later it went into review and this time it passed oh so, very um, good there you are. but but the thing was uh, if they'd rejected it for the lack of the feature the first time round then none of this would have been an issue 
<laughs> we'd have just said, oh, okay, we need to do the feature over the next couple of days and then make another submission. And this was part of it. But because they rejected it for something uh, the second time round, um, yeah, which was a legitimate rejection in all fairness, but it just should have been rejected the first time round. And dare I ask what this feature is? Is that the software has to uh, run and do something you useful? You have to have the ability to delete an account within the I, I knew that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which uh, um, the, the, there was no ability to automatically do that in the app. There was an article on how to get in touch with support to do that, but that doesn't comply with right. the with the new requirements. Um uh so yeah i mean i'm not sure i can speak about how we eventually did it because i might be breaking confidentialities yeah. um i will have a think about it and um maybe a, a chat and, and if i can say how we eventually approached it um to get it done quickly uh then uh, i will talk about it another time but it, the whole thing was very frustrating the fact that app, app review was inconsistent um uh don't be right the reason it went through wrong in the first place with the wrong icon was totally my fault no one to blame now apart from myself um or and you know i'm going to say the fiddliness of some of our release scripts but that's you know a different issue um yeah so there we are but that uh you know it it was felt frustrating when I last I think first spoke to you and said, now I've got to do the whole submission and wait the, however long for the review. When it got rejected, it was like, oh, fuck, what's going on now? There we are. Well, Scott, you know that I'm not one to, you know, uh, trade in conspiracy theories, but I know, I know, and I'm, I'm prepared to reveal right now <clears throat> how you solve this problem. And it, it intersects with the fact that Scotty, uh, sorry, Barky the Failure Dog has been, you know, surprisingly quiet during this episode. And I think that what you ended up doing is you basically attached some types of things to, to Barky's front paws. And so that every time a user needs to get deleted, it, like it, a, a small shock is delivered and that causes Barky to, to, to tap some type of device or pedal, which then sends a message to, to, to either Matt or Sam to, to, to manually delete something. And that's that's what's been going on. And then poor Barky has been so, so busy <laughs> making all these account deletions that, that they've been too busy to, to doing that to, to, to make any noise. Is there any truth to that? John, you are fairly close to the truth. Just, just the names and species have been changed to um, to protect the innocent. <laughs> ah, so so actually, that's the re- finally uncovered the real truth that Barky the Failure Dog and Tat Mancock are one and the same. <laughs> oh my! <word. laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a photo of them in the same room. <laughs> clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh! There we are. So we're now talking about two two things of people that people have no idea who they are, but we're amusing ourselves because this is the indulgence yeah. of podcasting. <laughs> totally true. So, John, I think uh, your know, iOS 16 is now officially out. Um, are you running it on your uh, your device? Are you? Um, are I you, am. Uh, I am, and I have to say, actually, I rather like it. I and I, I will just, you know join the chorus of people loving the digital island. It's like oh, wait a minute, you got so... the brand, you got the brand new device, didn't you? So you've got the digital island and everything. Yes, that's. Uh... I do. Is it? I mean, okay. So I've not used the digital island. I've not even run a simulator with it in yet um, because I've just not had time on, on that side of thing. Is you know everyone saying, oh, I love the digital island. Is it like a a quirky little thing that is. Yeah, it's a bit of fun and people will shut up in a week or two. Or is this something where people are going to start, you know, 
we can as developers take a real advantage of and it's going to become quite a thing. I think the latter, you know, uh, I, I snarkily posted when the thing was going on, it's like attention recruiters. I have over five years as a digital Island UI engineer. And the reality is, is I, I've had the, the, had the phone for, I don't know, four or five days now. Um, and I keep discovering new good uses for it. Um, because if, if there, there is some screen real estate for you to use. And for example, you know, it, it's a nice notification mechanism so that for instance, I do lots of screen recordings. And one of the quirks of the screen recorder is that if you ask to have a microphone on there, um, it's, you have to actually be patient and look for the audio indicator so that even though you may be rolling video, the audio is not captured. It's just, it is what it is. Um, so I noticed that. And then also, if you go to make a long one, it will take a while for the actual saving of the video to take place. So I find that, you know, that, that the screen recorder app takes advantage of the digital island space to, to make what is effectively a little bit of a widget there, and the animations are really beautiful. So, you know, things like that. I mean, another thing I discovered this morning, I was listening to the radio, you know, on uh, you know, on, on, on the, the home pods, and it showed what was playing and, and, and a little icon of the home pod, and, and taking use of that space. So it's it's not only that it's a clever design thing that you look at. It's like, oh my God, why didn't they think of it? It's much, it's it's beautiful. But it's just, it's a place where your eye kind of naturally goes. Um, and so there are lots of little interactions. My only concern about it is that um, they have tap areas and I suppose that they they thought about this that 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 you know that they they the tappable things like for instance there's something where you can stop an action if you've done a screen recording and it's doing a save, you have the chance to stop the saving, and so you think I don't want to tap on my lens or on top of my sensor, but I think that they're very clever about it. the tap area or away from from the place where your filthy fingers could obscure the sensors and or lens, um, and so I think that 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 was quite good. Um, so, no, I, I think it's lovely. I really do. Cool. Cool. Yep. And with the talk of lovingness, we should probably yep. um, think about uh, winding our this listener. up. Yep. We should be lovely. I mean, I think we ran a little bit long last week, so maybe we should be lovely and and, uh, and finish on time this week. So, so John, if people wish to um, send you pictures of what they're doing with their digital island, where should they do that? Uh, you should send it to me on that place where it was like every every moment feels like you're on a tropical vacation island where all your needs and wants are attended to efficiently and beautifully. Twitter, where you'll find me as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if people want to, <laughs> to send you terrible messages about how awful you are that you solved one problem by 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 doing unnatural acts to, to, to both Barky the failure dog and at least one of your employees, where where might they do that? Well, you can um, you can contact me uh, where all sort of uh, social anthropological anthropological and illegal experiments happen, and that is <laughs> Twitter. Uh, where I am, MacDevNet. <laughs> well, John, it's been a, it's been a pleasure as always to um, to spend this uh, this short amount of time in our week uh, chatting with you, and um, you know I, I hope your your 
coming week is is full of joy and excitement and satisfaction. Uh, it, it absolutely will be, just like our listeners' satisfaction will begin as soon as we shut up. Yeah, I mean, Apple always start their events with a customer satisfaction survey. Notice how we've never done that with a listener satisfaction survey. <laughs> and, and there is a reason for it. But there yeah. we are. If this was your week to listen, then thank you very much. And uh, once again, you have our, um, our heartfelt and sincere apologies for any damage or harm we may have caused to your life. <laughs> but thanks for listening. And until next time, you take care. Thank you.